Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Ryan Pace has done such an amazing job of building the last three years. We have a lot of depth. We feel like we're going to have a great opportunity offensively to, to do what we need to do. And the time is now. We know that. It's Hogan Johns. Come Sunday or Monday, Thursday, wherever time it is, we be prepared. Like my success doesn't really matter as much as the team's success. You can feel the energy, the juice, the swag coming back. It's a fun time to be a Chicago Bear. From NBC, NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Adam Hogan. You are the father. Daddy. And from the, from the Athletic, it's Adam Adam Johns. It truly is beauty and the beast. I might add a handsome beast at that. It's the Adams. The Adams converge. Hogan Johns. What is up? Welcome in Hogan Johns back with you after observing some padded practices this week and some football and lots of injuries. Too. Oh, well, okay, yes. Yeah. But we saw real tackling today. Guys actually getting wrapped up, guys being sent to the ground with some hits. There was live, real football being played at Hallis Hall today. Yeah, there was. Uh, thanks for being patient this week. Uh, we Part of the reason... First of all, there was some life stuff going on this week. Um, there was, uh, but we wanted to see some tackling today, honestly, before we gave you the podcast. So sometimes in training camp, we move things around to make sure we have uh, good stuff to talk to you about. And uh, that is the case this week. Hope you enjoyed the Ryan Pace interview. I know we had a lot of fun doing it. Enjoyed the setting out there on the practice field. I feel like John's, it was it the loosest he's been with us. I mean, I always feel like the interview's good, but uh, I don't know, something this year, maybe it's just having Justin Fields on the roster that might help too. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it, and we got a lot of positive feedback, so thank you to everybody who chimed in. Yeah, thank you for, for listening, even for commenting uh, on YouTube. A lot of YouTube love uh, this time. Um, Yeah, he was more relaxed. What's, what's this, the fourth or fifth year in a row? I think it's six. Six years Already? Yeah. First time we've done it with him outside at Hallisaw. We've done it inside at Hallisaw, but this is the first time outside at Hallisaw after all the construction, remodeling, expansion, and whatnot. So, you know, he feels pretty good about what he's seeing in Justin Fields as well. Uh, yes, that is the case. And we are going to talk some Justin Fields here for you. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Uh, read us. Plenty of coverage up. Mine is up at NBCSportsChicago.com. Got practice observations from today. Got a story on Cairo Santos, our guy, uh, Carlos Santos, I should say, right? I think that's Get his right. name. And uh, Carlos Santos. And uh, you guys have a ton over on The Athletic, TheAthletic.com. Practice observations every day. And the reason why I say you guys is because Kevin Fishbane is here. His triumphant return. Hello, friends. He's back. Apparently, it's Jim Nance. Did, did you guys know? I just did the, you know, I like to do my fun facts here. Yes, got, you do have got, fun got facts. A, I got some data for you. Since your Ryan Pace interview, 27 Bears offensive linemen have gotten hurt. Sounds accurate. So, Wait, 27? Uh, give or take. I oh. think that qualifies as fun hyperbole, but we get the point. Correlation does not equal causation, but I'm just saying. <laughs> 
There's, there's, you know, you guys do the interview, and then suddenly there's nobody left to play offensive line. Yeah, oh, but three our, of those guys were hurt before we even did that interview. Listen, I just, I just bring the, I just bring the numbers. I'm okay. just a numbers guy. But it's good, it's good to be back and uh, good to talk some football. All right. Well, uh, Kevin is back from his paternity leave. I am back from my paternity leave. John's is back from having three kids. She's had for John's a while. Is still present, as I should say. Yeah, still present we from having say, three yes. kids, which is a day-to-day thing for you. So, um, you know, sometimes hour to hour even. But uh, we're, we're all here. It's good to have three of us back because it's been a really, really long time and uh, real football to talk about. Actual tackling going on at practice. But let's start with the offensive line because uh, that's what led my practice notes today. I'm sure you guys have s- stuff on it on The Athletic, but... I think it's time for us to call this a problem. John Fox would say it's all a problem, but here in 2021, the offensive line is a problem. And in some ways, it's a predictable problem because when you move on from your two starting tackles, veteran tackles, who, yes, I think we said many times over the years, you can do better than Charles Leno and Bobby Massey. But the one thing you could say, especially when it came to Leno, is he was durable. 93 straight starts at left tackle. That is a remarkable achievement. Uh, Regardless of how you feel about the guy as a player, you don't start 93 straight games at left tackle uh, if you aren't a good football player. So the Bears made that gamble to move on. It made sense after drafting Tevin Jenkins. They felt like they were upgrading at the position eventually. And for cap reasons, they kind of had to do it at that point. But it was still a gamble. And now here the Bears are. Their top three tackles are down. I think now we're including Lachavius Simmons as their fourth tackle. He goes down with a concussion today. I, I, it's it's a big problem. Alex Bars can't play everywhere all at once. Is, no. is what I'm learning. Like he he can play everywhere on that offensive line, but he can only play one position at any given time. We saw him going from left tackle to right tackle after Simmons. Went down. So, yes, to quote John Fox, it's, it's all a problem right now. You're down to backups of backups. It's not a good sign. And, yes, it's it's easy to point out the, the Leno move right now. It's There's always going to be a couple injuries. And I think at this point, like to me, it starts with like Tevin Jenkins. Like, what the heck is going on? We've seen him out there. Adam, you and I saw him like doing some arduous things with his back. And then nothing. A couple days of nothing. There's a couple more things on the hill. Looks like things that would stress out a back. And then a couple days of nothing. So maybe they're testing him out and there's some recovery process here. Um, but his absence now is alarming to me. That may be a strong word, but the guy hasn't practiced since training camp has opened up and we're into the second week. We've had eight practices now, right? So Tevin Jenkins has now missed, I think, I want to say eight more training camp practices than Charles Leno missed and. Seven years, or six years. Yeah, you know, like th- this past season when Charles Leno almost missed a game it was like the first time he'd ever been hurt, and already Tevin Jenkins is, is starting. I mean, but you're right. It's it's you know I think the problem, well, there's a lot of problems. As John Fox would say, it's all a problem. You guys both mentioned that John Fox would say that, but I wanted to be the third third, third time. Yeah, third time. Sexy. Charm. Oh, I've heard that before. The uh, Matt Nagy started training camp with. This is not concerning when he talked about Tevin Jenkins. So it was just something that popped up in OTAs. They just want to be careful with it. Jermaine Effetti, 
hip injury and conditioning, not concerning, not overly concerning. Eddie Jackson, hamstring injury before he got to not concerning. And and and, and I understand that that you know I'm not trying to totally throw the head coach under the bus because he's not a doctor and and this takes time but you start to wonder how much of this is overly cautious versus this is actually a lot more serious than maybe he thought maybe the training staff thought with some of these guys uh but then you have elijah wilkinson go on the COVID 19 list and that's somebody the bears like legitimately liked him like they i i think there was maybe a slim chance but i think there was a chance that he could have been your week one left starter at left tackle right and then Larry Borum. They're so excited about Larry Borum, he gets a concussion in his first day of practice at left tackle. You and know, they like, weren't even in pads. How do you? How does that happen? Well, they're wearing helmets, so collisions can happen. But yes, yeah, not so, good. Uh, that, that's where they're at, and it's you know, and you you have to wonder how long before they bring in somebody, and then it's like, well, it's August sixth. If there's an offensive tackle that's not on a roster right now, unless it's like Russell Okun is going to cost you some money, there's a reason he's not on the roster. Let me be more specific with this. And I think it's, I'm just going to do it. Like maybe this defends Matt Nagy and the way he's characterizing what's going on with Tevin Jenkins a bit, but here we go. We saw Tevin Jenkins pulling a golf cart with a rope and there was like stuff on that golf cart. Like it was a cart and he was pulling it with a rope. You don't do that if your back's a problem. We saw Tevin Jenkins a few days later pushing a sled up to Walter Payton Hill. You don't do that if your back is seriously injured. Then again, now it's been a few days of nothing. Like he's doing things, I'm going to use the word again, that are arduous for his back, that would strain anybody's back. But then again, there's a bunch of days of nothing that have fouled after that. And even if he's ready tomorrow, you can't just throw him in there during live contact drills. Next week, the, the Dolphins come. You can't just throw him in there against the Dolphins. Like there's... There's a slow plan now, I feel like, in place for his return to the field. I think what happened is he suffered a setback. Good point. I, I mean, I think when you when you put together what you just said, Johns, what you observed, going from doing those things that, that were arduous. I don't think I've ever used that word. It's a good so word. I'm going to take that from you. Um, and then you, you add in to the fact that, you know, the way Nagy was talking last week, it was like they wanted to make sure he was okay for when pads started. Well, now the pads are starting. There's no sign of him getting out there. And to me, the biggest clue that there was some kind of setback is they didn't start him on the pup list. If you knew he was going to miss eight practices, you start, the whole point in the pup list is that you could put another body on the roster. And another issue they have right now is and I guess it's it, it's an issue, but it's also a good thing. None of these injuries are season ending or season threatening, even right now. Like even in the case of Jermaine Effetti, Matt Nagy said today didn't seem worried about him being ready by week one. But that creates a problem because you can't shelf a player or even somebody if it's like somebody you're gonna cut, like you do the wave injured thing. Like it, they're getting to the point where they need to find some creative way to, to get more bodies just for practice. Because today, there was 10 offensive linemen. And then Simmons went down, so there was nine. Those are numbers you see in the regular season at practice when the roster is down to 53 plus the practice squad. So it, to run full training camp practices with three teams 
to only have nine offensive linemen, that's an issue that they're dealing with right now. But so th- my point is the fact that they did not start Tevin Jenkins on pop to me was an indication that they expected him back relatively soon or practicing relatively soon. As D- Daz Newsom started on pop, he's already out there. He's off of pop. And now he's just not practicing. And, and, and so I think that that's, that's reason for concern that there was a setback. So now the question is, how big was the setback? And we all live the Kevin White thing. So I think that that's part of when why the three of us probably sitting here, you start to worry about it when they're just sort of being vague about the answers and you don't really know. Yeah, I think I heard Tom Thayer talking about this too. And he, he knows a thing or two about offensive line. A back injury, you know, that that's a problem when you're talking offensive line. And, and I know certainly people are harkening back to Chris Williams and starting to get nervous. And like, you know, Jalen Johnson last year, I was thinking about this. Remember Jalen Johnson, we didn't see him at all during training camp doing anything and then week one he's out there right but that is such a different position say Jalen go cover who's ever uh, across from you like Tevin Jenkins so you're saying hey go play the side of the line that you didn't really play in college the most one of the most important positions in football do it for us at a high level against a really good defense on primetime television know all of our calls know all everything that we need to do you have to get all that done and you have to be physically ready for what's coming for you. So, I mean, it's hard to imagine, like, unless Tevin Jenkins comes back tomorrow and is in pads, you know, in time for the joint practices, like, it's like, how do you start wondering, like, is this guy even going to be out there in week one? I mean, think about this, guys. Think about everything that had to happen for us to see Arlington Hambright, Alex Bars, and Dieter Eilen on the first team offensive line. I mean, this is what happened in Tennessee last year. And we've now heard Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor multiple times this week when asked about that winning streak last year. What's the first thing they said? The offensive line came together. And the opposite's happening right now. Can I say one thing? I thought the offensive line was actually okay today. <laughs> <laughs> right? They, they actually, yeah. yeah, I thought they were. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I heard Nagy scream out sack maybe once or twice, but... Maybe some of that was the play calling, getting those guys out of the pocket, getting the ball out quick and whatnot. But for the most part, that offensive line, that makeshift offensive line, held its own for a bit. Now, tomorrow could be another story. There'll be more bumps and bruises. You mentioned the nine guys, Adam. They're going to go live again tomorrow. There's going to be fully live drills tomorrow and maybe some on Sunday. Matt Nagy's promised three days of pads. We've got one in the books. Potential for injuries. Yeah, injuries. And and I also don't want to minimize James Daniels. I mean, him having a quad. This is a guy coming off an injury and now dealing with another injury. And he's not out there. Uh, And he's playing a new position, moving over to right guard. So, and to me, the interior of the line right now with the question marks on the outside, that we knew were going to be there. The interior has to stay together, and I and and not to, not to See, just be completely negative. I mean, Sam Mustafer looks great to me. See, here's like to, to, can I inject? Like, if Alex Bars has to play right guard, I think the Bears will be fine. He's more than serviceable. I think he proved that with six starts last year at right guard. To me, it's the edges, man. If you need to use Alex Bars at left or right tackle, he may hold his own against some guys, but not all of them. That's a problem. But so that begs the question, did the Bears do enough at the tackle position in the offseason? I mean, to me, they've they've always been rolling the dice. And you can say that even if you like Tevin Jenkins, the draft pick. 
And I think getting him at 39 was a good spot to get him. But maybe this is why he was at 39 for all we know. And, and so if you if you knew that or if you didn't know that, either way, I mean, Elijah Wilkinson, decent depth. But it's not like... I, I actually like them re-signing Jermaine Effetti the way they did but because he was pretty good at right tackle other than that one sack he gave up against the Lions that cost him the game. He actually had not really allowed a pressure or a sack the I think the last six or seven games of the season or whatever, whenever he moved to right tackle. So I didn't mind that. But it's also not like he's a pro bowler at that spot. So I don't know. It just seems like they're playing with fire a little bit at tackle, and now we're seeing the results. And I guess, again, if there's any good news, it's that none of these, it's not like guys are tearing their ACLs out there uh, and they're out for the year. Yeah, Elijah Wilkinson's going to be expected back soon, activated off that COVID-19 list. But... Maybe it just feels this way, you know. Like coaches operate in such a unique vacuum, like from day to day, right? Tomorrow, Wilkinson could be there. He could be activated off. You know, maybe in a week after the Dolphins come and go, maybe Fetty's out there, and the offensive line looks different. Maybe Jenkins is out there finally practicing. That's how day to day this could feel. But when you're down, your top four tackles, throw Simmons in there, who the Bears seen, or at least Juan Casio. Juan Castillo gave the impression of being very high on yesterday when we talked to him. And there's top four tackles being down. Of course, it's going to look pretty bad. Phil Emery would have signed like 14 offensive tackles in the last three days. That guy loved transactions in training camp. Oh, yeah. I will that- s- it is different these days. It's harder. To, I mean, well, you got certain COVID-19 protocols you still got to go through to bring somebody in. But again, like, who are you going to find? So just hop in. And as Hogue, to your point, the idea that these aren't season ending, you know, maybe that's another sense of confidence that they haven't brought, you know, any big anybody in at all. I mean, I feel like at some point, like, so if you think about it, there's they have three, they have three offenses, right? First, second, third team and nine offensive linemen. Right. Yeah, now. it's crazy. They, they usually they should have 15. Pretty or or maybe fourteen, and one guy does second and third teams. So I th- I think I think Arlington Hambright was playing, and Dieter Island are both playing with the first team and the second team, uh, and then the whole second team was out again with the third team. I think those guys were replaced for the third team. And Nagy's right; it's a good opportunity. It's I mean, great it's, opportunity. It, it is a good opportunity for these guys, especially putting the pads on, getting some live tackling. And, and to John's point, you, you, yes, we we heard sack, we heard Nagy yelling out the word sack a lot less today. Than some of these pass practices. Now, part of that's just because the pads are on, and that helps the offensive linemen. They're at a disadvantage before, but um, yeah, there's a little bit of lack of urgency, and I think that if you want to read it that way, it, uh, that could be a, a positive sign. But man, these it, it's just like crazy as we're sitting standing there watching practice today. Like how far down the list you're going with some of these guys. So um, it's still early on in camp. Let's see what it looks like next week. Practicing against the Dolphins, they'll have a game to play. But at some point, they're going to have to start adding um, more bodies uh, or get some of these guys back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, let's switch the topic to number one, Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields uh, is a hot topic, as uh, everybody knows and loves hearing about him on his podcast uh, and reading about him. Everybody knows that. So I think nationally he is too. And nationally, I have felt like some tweets from practice, some videos here and there have gone viral that make it have created this narrative that Justin Fields is just lighting it up at Bears camp. My question to you guys is, do you think that that's accurate? Like lighting up is define lighting up. Well, I think that and tell me if I'm wrong, but this is some of the stuff I've seen talked about on some of the national shows that um, if Justin Fields and Trey Lance, I say the same thing. It seems the same thing has happened in San Francisco with Trey Lance, that these two guys are really off to really good starts at their respective camps and I just do you feel like that. You you guys have been at the practices. How do you feel like he's been doing? I don't know if lighting up is the the phrase I would use. Like today, he his shovel pass got intercepted by Roquan Smith. That was BS though. Roquan knew that play was coming. Followed his keys. I know Matt Nagy uses it a lot, but you know what? Other inside linebackers are gonna know it's coming too. No. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, it, well, we saw Justin Fields get intercepted by. Let me let me get his name right. Austin Calitro. Did I say that right? Austin Calitro. Calitro. Was that in the one on ones though? No, it was not. Okay. It was. I a think team that was. Drill. Just, yeah. I mean, I think Justin Fields has been really good, but like I haven't, and, and maybe this is a testament to Andy Dalton. But like I haven't had a day where I've gone out there and left and be like. They got to put Fields in week one. 
right? Like I just, there's never been a day where I've thought that. And, and, and again, I think that's a testament to Andy Dalton. Like he's looked fine. He's looked solid. He's impressed me. I think he's, he, look, it, it, I'll say this. Has Andy Dalton the best quarterback, Bears quarterback we've seen in Bears training camp since Jay? Um, Veteran. I'll say veteran quarterback. Yes. So we don't, so we don't have to get no, into the yes. fields comparison. Because I actually think, I think Mitch actually looked pretty good in 2017 when he was a rookie. He looked a lot better than Glennon when we were out in Burpin A. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're going to use the term light it up, remember that game against the Broncos? Mitch actually did light it up in that game. Uh yeah, I just I didn't I didn't bring this up to like make it co- like controversial. I just to me, both of these guys have done what you wanted them to do or really what you would expect to happen. I mean, Andy Dalton has been good. A good version of Andy Dalton, I'd say. You know, like the plan is working. Let's just put it that way. Andy Dalton is holding on to his starting spot. He looks like the more polished veteran quarterback that he is. And Justin Fields, every single practice, has a couple throws. Like, Johns, you and I were joking about it today. It yes. looked like he's throwing a Nerf ball. Yes, yes. And there's a difference. This is an observation we had that we should bring up because... You know, I it's just unfortunately going to always happen. We're going to compare things to Mitch, but Mitch, on all of his deep balls, even some of his intermediate passes, whether practices or games, there was a slight wobble on it. You always saw it. There was just a slight wobble on the back end of his throws, and Justin, it just looks different. It's the ball just zips, and we see that every single practice, and then we also see interceptions or him taking a, a sack or you know not having his eyes in the right place like that's the the rookie stuff that you also expect to happen so I just I don't think it's if it's getting portrayed nationally maybe I'm wrong about this that he's having like this perfect amazing training camp I don't think that that's accurate I think he's having a good rookie training camp the best way to put it is like yeah, exactly what you're saying. He leaves you with a couple throws where the talent is undeniable. Whether it's the sidearm throw against the starting defense, a sidearm throw in a goal line situation, a live team drill, the JP Holtz for a touchdown. It's that touchdown he threw a guy, it had to be like 50 yards, over 40 for sure today, in seven on sevens, where that ball flew out of his hand. Flew out of his hand, and it's the the arc, the accuracy, right on the money for a touchdown. The fans went wild. Like every day, he leaves you with a couple of those throws where the talent is just there. You can't deny it. It's that obvious, and it's that special. That special, in my opinion. I feel like we've reached a point in covering this team. We've seen Cutler, we've seen McCown, we've seen Trubisky come in, we've seen Glennon. You know, we've had all sorts of different guys. The arm talent of Justin Fields, guys, is it just looks different. It, it really does. Like Cutler had that fastball. You know what? Justin Fields has that fastball too, but he could change clubs a bit differently. He has the right? touch. Oh, he has the touch and um, his ability to put passes. Yes, he's had a couple mistakes. Yes, he's been confused on a few things, but that's to be expected for a young guy. But his ability to put the ball consistently in areas for only his guy to get it. That's different than Cutler. That's definitely different than Trubisky. 
It's it's the, the talent again. Elite every day, the talent is there. Like you see it on one or two throws. The the special qualities. So yes, he's not having a great camp, but you leave camp with those memories. And you know, like every day, Johns, you and I write. Uh, we go through Fields' best throws. We do that for a reason because they're really good, and we all know like what he means to his franchise and what what obviously people want to know about our place. But what else do we also do after every camp? We write about Andy Dalton's throws. You know, it's 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 he it's had really a beauty to Darnell Mooney today. Absolute time. Uh, it's amazing. Com- you know, again, it's hard to compare, but this to the Glennon Trubisky era to the Foles Trubisky summer. I mean, guys, last summer we came home from some of those <laughs> training camps. Wow. Again, these guys are a little leg up. OTA is a mini camp, but it's it, it's it's completely different. But I think this is what the coaching staff wanted. Both guys are playing well, and Andy Dalton's doing more than enough to solidify that that you know that he should be the week one starter. And Fields is doing plenty to show you guys made the right pick. It's early. I do want to see like what happens. In as we start seeing some of the most team drills and pads where they have to go on a drive, like I want to start. I think that's where, like, you know, maybe there could be that day we haven't seen it yet where Fields leads two touchdown drives and Dalton struggles, or even vice versa. Like, what is that going to happen? Because we've gotten this question a lot, guys, and I'm not sure where you're at on it. And we can, this is something probably worth asking Nagy about again. I think he's been asked is, is Fields going to get the first team reps? just to see whether it's in a preseason game or in practice, you know, Trey Lance is going to start getting some Kyle Shanahan said today, he claims it's not a quarterback ambition, but I feel like once you do that, like you're opening the door and I don't, I don't don't know if the bears, they're so committed to this process. Like, I don't think they're ready to open that door, but like, there's just gotta be this curiosity. I think the only thing that would change that. Sorry, Johns is, uh, is if it feels really were to outperform, Dalton in the preseason games, in the actual games, um, and I would expect Fields to get more reps than Dalton, at least in the first preseason game. And then maybe that would be the type of thing that opens up the door. To, but you know, he's already getting a lot of reps. I mean, we made this observation last week. I, I don't. I I feel like the Bears are giving the twos more reps than the twos usually get in large part because they know Justin Fields needs the rep and that can be possible even with Andy Dalton as the clear starter. The difference between their success, I think this has to be noted. The difference to me is who they're playing with sometimes though, right? Like Andy Dalton's moving the ball, throwing to Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, and Cole Komet. Jimmy Graham too. Justin Fields is doing it with a bunch of guys who may not be on the team by the end of August. And I get that he's playing against guys that may not be on the team at the end of August, but I feel like that's noteworthy sometimes, and it needs to be mentioned. Because yeah, I mean, Cole, Clement, Cole Clement seems open every single play. Would we, I mean, think about it. If, you know, random backup was... You know, Chase Daniel, for example, was the number two quarterback right now. Would we, would we be writing about a Rodney Adams or a Chris Lacey or even a Jesse James? And, and Justin Fields, now granted, we're watching these plays a lot more closely than we would with your typical backup who's not Justin Fields. But I think Justin Fields is doing what you expect great quarterbacks to do is he's allowed, you know, helping these guys make big plays. And he's, you know, we're noticing them because, you know, he, he's helping put the ball in the right spot. 
Yeah, I, I, I think the headline here is though is that the Bears are in a better spot quarterback wise. Going in, and especially because you know, worst comes the absolute worst. You still have Nick Foles at the three spot. So that's how you know that Hogue is not a headline writer because you're not getting many clicks with that headline, my friend. What was the one we came up with t- today in the stands? An Arlington Hambright got moved to left tackle. Oh, oh Bear, the Bears, ba- moved, the Bears to, moved to Arlington. <laughs> Bears moved to Arlington. Now that's a headline. I think that was uh, Jeff Dickerson. Yes. Yeah. JD would come up. If you that. want clicks, there you go. There you go. Um, all right, let's pick some players that have impressed us besides the quarterback. So some guys that have stood out. I will start with a starter. I think Darnell Mooney looks great. I think Darnell Mooney looks like he has, at, at minimum, what he did as a rookie and is building on that, which is a very, very good sign because he has the talent um, to become a... I, you know, I don't know that he can ever become a true number one, but he can sure as hell be a, a very good fringe one-two type wide receiver uh, that is very productive in this offense. And I think that that's a very positive development. And the reason why I'm putting some stock into what I'm seeing is because how many wide receivers have we seen over the years where you're just like, eh, like something's missing there. Or like all those training camps were Kevin White even when he was healthy, it was just like, I don't know. He doesn't ever look open. He doesn't look, he doesn't look crisp in his routes. Darnell Mooney to me is open. He's making plays every single day, whether it's with Dalton uh, or with Fields, because I think he has gotten some reps with Fields. A lot of times it's Dalton. Obviously, there was one example today. So that's the first one I wanted to start with. What's well, the separation? I think it was Jalen Johnson who mentioned it today. Just going up against him, Marquise Goodwin, the the speed factor, it's real. It's the cushion. It's how you play these guys. Your technique has to be a bit different because of how fast they are. Like we saw that ball come out of Dalton's hand today. And again, a, a perfectly thrown ball by him. But the speed of Darnell Mooney to get there, make the catch um, partially contested at the end too, um, is something. It's a threat. And you like seeing your guys make that next step, especially in their second season because sophomore slumps are real sometimes. I can tell you I'm not surprised. It's George McCaskey's favorite player. Had high expectations oh, for him. Yeah, Anthony Miller, not his favorite player. No, no, I, but I'm I'm with you, Hogue. I think I think Mooney's been outstanding so far. And it, look, that we we came in, he was one of those guys, right? That second year jump gets a full OTAs and minicamp after not getting anything last year, and he's doing exactly what you kind of you kind of hoped and kind of expected he would do. It's been impressive. One starter. Jones, go ahead. Oh, thank you. One starter. Um, maybe it's just. Fresh in my mind, but Roquan Smith is having an outstanding training camp. Yeah. Outstanding. Like, just an outstanding offseason program, OTAs, to now just doing everything right. He's noticeable. He's everywhere on the field. Um, seeing his pass rush drills, one on one against David Montgomery, like everything he's doing, he's winning. Very impressive. Uh, of course, you have to mention the Justin Fields shovel pass interception again, but then he had a tackle for loss in the next, what, two plays later? The guy's all over the field. He's got the green dot on his helmet. He's having an outstanding training camp for the Bears. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, look, it, they go live, first time live tackling, and the guy's just blowing up plays. So I that was real football at the line of scrimmage at the goal line, and and he looked outstanding. So I it, he's really really looked good. Got got a big payday coming potentially. 
some point. So probably should take care of that. Uh, Kevin, what about for you? I'll go off the board here. Uh, Ladarius Mack. The other no, Mack. Don't care. <laughs> How you're dare just, you disrespect Ladarius you're, Mack? You're not being real. No, I've written down 53 in my little notebook like multiple times. I think the guys looked good fighting for that number five uh, outside linebacker spot. Alec Oldridge no, had three interceptions today. <laughs> Hogue wanted two standouts. You know, maybe he's my second. I think Ladarius Mack's had a good training camp. You led with Ladarius Mack? I didn't know there was an order we were supposed to go in. Maybe the next one's a starter. He went starter. I went starter. You went Ladarius Mack, which is fine. Cleo Mack's brother, but. Do you guys not think Ladarius Mack's had a good camp? I guess I'm not making note of him as much as you are playing against. All right, we'll pay attention to 53. I I think 53 is look pretty good. I have not written 53 down once. I'm going to just go ahead and say that. But you're too busy watching special teams. I know. So. I, where he's probably shining in special teams, too. <laughs> so maybe you're missing something. Well, Darius Mack. Guy go off the show for a couple months, and this is the respect I get when I come back. Trying to give give Ladarius Mack some love. Uh, you got a different one for us? Cole Komet was my other one. Okay. All right. You want me to talk about Cole Komet for yes, a minute? Yes, talk about Cole Komet, the... Uh, the second round draft pick from a year ago, who should be right. a huge part of the offense this year. Yeah, he's a good player. Stop sucking up to Khalil and give us a real name. <laughs> Cole, I know Cole Komet was my other one. You guys both went starters. So I wanted to kind of mix it up, and I was going to go Cole Komet on the on the turn. All right, we, by the way, we'll have a bonus episode for all of you where it'll just be Kevin giving you his uh, top practice squad candidates for the 2021 season. Sam Kamara, guy out of Stony Brook, thought had a really good practice at uh, Soldier Field this week. Outside linebacker. Oh, jeez. Adam, your next guy. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Um, I, I was going to say Alec Ogletree is one of them, but it's been a couple days. I like Alec Ogletree's had two really good practices. It's also been two days. So I'll give you a different guy who I think is in a huge position to have a, a, a big opportunity right now and be a key player for the Bears. Kindle Vildor. So, Johns, you kept talking about it on all those podcasts that I missed, Kevin missed. You saw it in OTA's minicamp uh, when we were out. You kept mentioning his name. And uh, while I have not written down 53 a lot in my notebook, I have written down 22. And we've, you, uh, we've seen some good battles between Darnell Mooney and Jalen Johnson. I feel like we've also seen some good battles between Kindle Vildor and Marquise Goodwin. By the way, I put Goodwin also in the category of having a pretty good camp. Seems like he's he's around and making plays and getting separation with his speed. Um, like Vildor today had a really nice pass breakup where he basically played through the receiver. He was in coverage against Goodwin. Goodwin looked like he was open, looked like he was going to make the catch. It definitely wasn't a drop. Like it was a clean PBU, and it was a really nice play by Kendall Vildor, who right now with Desmond Trufant out, uh, what do you have, a groin? Yeah, another soft tissue. No thing hamstring, over, hamstring, hamstring. Another soft tissue thing with Desmond Trufant, though, which is kind of the the hesitation you have there. Um, I just think that's a really good sign. Duke Shelley was my second guy, and I, I made note, made more note of him today. A couple of good pass breakups, including one against Allen Robinson in the slot. He's being tested there. 
they're throwing all sorts of different things at him because Allen Robinson, especially with Anthony Miller no longer here, is playing more inside. Um, different challenges for him. I, I just don't like. I feel like he's like he's won that competition right now. I, I don't see anybody really pushing him. Um, maybe they get creative with some of their sub packages with some of some of these safeties that they like. But even those guys are having their struggles. Like DeAndre Houston Carson had a good practice a couple days ago. Today, not so good. Can I just interrupt real quick? Because I'm just realizing this as we're talking about this. The names so far that we've mentioned, Darnell Mooney, Roquan Smith, skipping Ladarius Mack. Um, who Cole. did you say instead, Kevin? Cole you Komet. said Cole Komet. Then I said Kindleville Dor. Then you said Duke Shelley. These are all draft picks from the last two years. And well, Roquan would be three years ago. Uh, well, this would be for, but they're all, these are all draft picks. These are all guys that Ryan Pace brought in. So that, that's how it's supposed to work, right? That's, you're supposed to, and a lot of these guys, we're talking about late round guys, Mooney, um, Shelly was sixth round. Vildor was sixth round. Fifth round, fifth round. Vildor was fifth round. Yeah. Those three. They like the fifth round. Yeah. The point being a lot of these guys. They're all draft picks. A lot of them are late round picks. Now, I want to see how they actually perform if these guys are all going to be real starters uh, in the regular season, but it's at least a good sign. Well, speaking of those three fifth round picks, you had a good, maybe a good couple pass rushes in the one on one drills. Travis Gibson, the other fifth round, the first fifth rounder of those three. What was it? Gibson, Vildor, then Mooney, or was Vildor the last one? I forget. But Gibson was no, definitely I the first one. Think you're, yeah. Oh, you're right. They were all, all the fifth-round picks from last year. Yeah, the three guys in the third, uh, fifth round. Mm-hmm. And the Bears got a fifth-round back next year for Anthony Miller. It's the money yeah. round, baby. There you go. Bilal Nichols, who's yeah. actually another outstanding camp. Sorry, I mean, Kevin, really, who's your second? Oh, he already gave. Never mind. Does he get a third guy? No. Not if you're mentioning Ladarius Mack. Now I just feel like I'm hating on Ladarius. Look, I want to make it very clear. I'm not hating on Ladarius Mack. I'm hating on Kevin Fishbane bringing Ladarius Mack into. Well, it's training camp. This is the time that you kind of keep an eye on some of the practice squad, you know, type guys. Guys that might have a shot at spot 52 or 53. And then well, what? <laughs> Do you keep watching that guy in week one? Well, might or be are you watching act- the quarterbacks and the wide receivers and who's getting beaten coverage? David Montgomery would have been my third. Okay. He had a nice run today. I think just there have been two or three times that he's kind of broken one, whether it's a catch or a run. And it's kind of been like, okay, he's got, he found another gear. Like you, you, I think you can see it. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think he's at a pretty good camp. All right. Um, I feel like we got enough practices in to bring this uh, conversation up, so it's good to hear all that. Um, who's performing well, and there are a lot of draft picks, so we'll see if that continues, and we'll see if they can stay healthy. All right, interesting moment in a camp today, where uh, a, a, a nice fan, one of our listeners, by the way, I uh, was I was sitting more like over like the fifty yard line in those bleachers, and. Uh, was talking to one of our listeners, very nice guy, and he all of a sudden he goes, is that Doug Peterson down there? And I had to look, and I was like, I think it is. Sure looks like him with the visor and the 
the gray hair, but he's decked out in Bears gear, and that kind of confused me because we we it's it's relatively common to see coaches, you know, that might be taking a year off, visit other camps to pick up ideas, especially open practices that are open anyway, uh, and to the public and be able to be on the sideline. Like a couple years ago, I remember we saw Joe Philbin uh, at a practice right after. That was the year, actually, the Bears had beaten the Packers to win the division, and Joe Philbin was the coach that day because Mike McCarthy had been fired. Um, so the following camp, he was there. But I don't remember a guy being decked out in Bears gear. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but it it, it was like you had to do a double take. Like, what's going on here? He had a play sheet or something, too, like notes. Yeah. Like, I saw one picture of him actually like, pointing at things, so he seems to be a little more involved than your... <laughs> a little bit more than a visitor. Yes, yes. Now, I, I, Kevin, I, didn't you point out that he seems to be uh, making a tour of uh, visiting I, I saw, friends across the league or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I saw a tweet from one of the Eagles reporters that said that his understanding was Doug Peterson was going to kind of do a summer camp tour, and which is we see that a lot from coaches who have you know, recently been let go, that they... You know, because hop around, stay fresh, and then you know at the twenty twenty two Doug Peterson intro press conference to his head coaching job, he's going to talk about. He goes, "Well, guys, yeah, I went to a bunch of training camps last year, and I uh, learned a lot from being able to take a step back and and see what other coaches are doing, and and come come here fresh with ready to go with a brand new playbook, and you know, coach speak." And I'd like to introduce our new starting quarterback, Nick Foles. Slice and dice. I got to say that, and by the way, I, I was told that he was just visiting, so it I, it did look like he was doing more than a visitor normally does, yes. but yeah. he, he was just visiting, so... Um, hey, well, the he bear, had, again, the Bears gear throws you off a bit. It, it threw me off, but also, look, he and Nagy have a really good relationship, obviously, and are close, so Nagy's probably going to let the guy do a little bit more and beat around a little bit more than maybe some of the other coaches or other camps he might go visit where he doesn't necessarily have the same trust. Um, that Nagy's probably giving him, so maybe that's all all it was. But uh, I have to say, it was bizarre to me, just very odd to see. There was a moment late in practice where Nick Foles and Doug Peterson are standing there next to each other, and I, and I'm just like, I'm just thinking about this. Here, here's a duo that won a Super Bowl together just four seasons ago, like not that long ago, in Philadelphia. Like, they should be gods there forever. And even the following year, they come to Soldier Field, beat this Bears team, Matt Nagy, at Soldier Field in a playoff game. Again, Nick Foles as the quarterback, Doug Peterson as the coach. Um, And just a short period, time later, Unemployed coach, third string quarterback, standing there on the on the middle of the practice field at Hallis Hall, just sort of like off to the side because they're not really. I mean, Nick Foles is on the team, but he's the third string quarterback. It's just a very man. The NFL can humble you so quickly. Third string quarterback of a franchise still searching for that franchise quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Super Bowl winner. The, it, just to point out that I believe there are still statues up of both of them. Outside Lincoln Financial Field, so they might not be gods in Philadelphia still, but they're they're statues, so they're there forever. And that's a whole nother. Like maybe we go a little too crazy with the statue thing. I wanted the White Sox to build one for Brian Goodwin the other day. If they could build a statue where somehow the bat stayed twenty feet in the air, yeah, that would actually be pretty sweet. 
I'd go see that one. So, how's everyone doing? This is Nick Foles. Just entered the meeting. So there's a lot of talk with Nick Foles potentially being traded. Um, it makes sense. I mean, he's got to be at the top of the list of veterans if there's a team that needs a quarterback. You got this third string guy who's proven, um, and and by all accounts, a great teammate. Now, the Colts thing is interesting. Everybody, Colts, the Colts make a, a sense for a lot of reasons, but I think there's one reason that he doesn't make a lot of sense, and that is the Colts just invested heavily in Carson Wentz, and as Nick said to us the other day when we talked to him about this stuff, and he was very candid, more candid than I thought he would be, he did mention how he and Carson have a history. And I don't know how you guys feel about this, but it, a lot of a lot of people out there seem to think like it's only a matter of when the Colts trade for Nick Foles. I don't think it's going to happen. No. I, I think that that history is too. You're you're endangering. You're putting too much danger in damaging Carson Wentz more by bringing in Nick Foles. That I don't know that the Colts are that interested. Let me just ask you: Do you use "we have a history together" that phrase "we have a history together" to describe a positive working relationship where you get along with a guy? I mean, when people ask me about this podcast, that's usually what I say no, about, okay. about John. <laughs> no, but that's fair, but seriously. I don't know. Every time I yeah, ask John no. about Pat Finley, that's what he says. Uh, exactly. Wow. Um, Pat and I have a history together. Yeah. Like, uh, but seriously, do you use that phrase, that cliche to describe something that was positive? No, I think that that's, I think that that's a fair point. Uh, where, where's our friend Patrick Finley? And we've also heard whispers behind the scenes for a while now that, like, Wentz is, well, fair or not, they say he's fragile, right? So I just, I don't think reliving the whole Nick Foles era is a good idea there in Indy, and that's why I just don't think it's going to happen. And then you hear Foles talk. Now, Foles, to me, certainly sounded like a guy who's open to a trade if it's to the right place. So what other places would it really be somewhere I, where he's comfortable? Say, like, and how many of those right places actually exist? With all due respect to Nick Foles, like, sure. Everybody saw what you did last year on the field. Oh, we wait get, a second. That that was not his fault, according to Nick Foles. I mean, he didn't say it that blatantly, but he kind of did. He's not allowed to talk about it, but there is some stuff there. Not his fault, guys. If it wasn't his fault, he wouldn't be the third string quarterback. I actually to to defend him a little bit. A lot of it was not his fault. Some of That's the true. offensive line play in front of him was terrible, and he can't move that well. So it was a bad fit. Um, but he also did not play well. And that needs to be pointed out as well. interesting. Interesting reaction to that press conference the other day. Like some people were really offended by it. I I think I mean I from a journalist standpoint it was entertaining I'm yeah i loved it for, i'm not gonna lie i'm good for entertainment i'm good for guys you know acting like that and and he he's he's a very sincere person like that wasn't you know he wasn't doing that to put on a show that's just kind of who the guy is um i, I do think going back to the colts part like if, if if the colts wanted him this would have been done five days ago like they you know they don't they don't have time 
Yeah, you got to get like, the quarterback in there. Yeah, so I think I think that it, I I think the hay is in the barn, probably with that, unless unless push really comes to shove there. Um, but yeah, look, the Bears had the best third string quarterback in football, and I think that the end of the season when he's still on the roster, like all right, we got the best third third string quarterback in football. Yeah. He's going to help. He's going to help Justin Fields. He's going to help Andy Dalton. And you know, for the worst crazy, you look. Tyler Bray came in for four snaps last year. You know, so that they, they they got Nick Foles. If they get his, you know, they don't have to pay him game checks this year, and he's playing for somebody else, and they get another roster spot. I think they'd probably be perfectly fine with that too. Nick Foles made it pretty clear too that there were some conversations. I think we know the Eagles are one of them about you know possible trade destinations, and he said no. Now, should the Bears listen to him? I don't know. I, they like the guy. I mean, Matt Nagy loves the guy, so it sounds like they're going to do him right, but I just don't see which – there's no ideal situation out there for him right now. There just isn't. You want the right coaches. You want people you're comfortable with and the right offense. Like, what is it? I don't think it exists for him out there right now. It may never exist again. All right. Can I blow your mind with an idea? What if Chris Ballard calls – it says, uh, hey, Ryan Pace. First of all, how, what's it like up there in Lake Forest? It's been a while. Then he says, um, is Andy Dalton available? What's your reaction to that? Yeah, for a first-round pick. I don't think you're going to get a first-round pick for a guy who costs $10 million this year, but they do have the cap space. They may be desperate enough for a quarterback and I'm actually somewhat being serious about this because I think Andy Dalton gets you more than Nick Foles gets you. And if you... <laughs> yeah. We know everything the Bears are saying about their plan. And I believe the plan. I'm not debunking the plan. But what if Justin Fields really is behind the scenes blowing them away with some of the stuff he's learning? And you can get more from Andy Dalton. Because it seems ridiculous right now to have Dalton, Fields, and Foles at the same time. I mean, you would still have a situation where, I mean, you do this under the scenario where you just decide you're ready to play Fields. But even if it's like, yeah, we think, you know what? Fields is, I really feel like Fields is going to be ready by week four. And you got a team offering you like even a second round pick. And I don't know what Andy Dalton would bring you. Just a hypothetical conversation right now. But it's based out of the situation that exists right now in Indianapolis where I think they need a quarterback. I think I think Dallas might need a quarterback. He was just there though. To back up Dak. <laughs> right. I don't know <laughs> not about in, not in. Well, I don't but maybe what if Foles. Dallas might be interested in Foles. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But if the Colts aren't interested in Foles because of the history of the Wentz. Now, you could also make the argument that anybody coming in, even if it's not Nick Foles, messes with the psyche of Carson Wentz. But here's the thing. Okay. The only reason the Colts would go down that road is if Carson Wentz is now out for the year. Well, they said five to 12 weeks. Weeks, which is a huge time range. That's a seven-week difference. It shows you there's some uncertainty. Extreme uncertainty. So if it ever reaches that point, and it might just because the five-week window hits before the season starts. You have to use their desperation against them. Now, again, like Kevin said, you would want to figure out your quarterback situation before that. 
it's why Nick Foles still hasn't been traded and whatnot, but I enjoy your uh hogatheticals. Hogatheticals. Didn't what what's Sam Bradford got like a first and a fourth? Yes. And that was right before the season started. Now, in hindsight, that was crazy, but you had a team that was desperate enough yes, for a quarterback. And you gotta use that desperation against them. If if they call looking for Andy Dalton, be like, I'm we're starting talking about a first round pick. And by the way, do you know why the Eagles were willing to trade Sam Bradford? Because Carson Wentz was there to play. Right? So it all it all comes back full circle somehow to Carson Wentz. I Kevin's Kevin's mind is either racing or he's scrambling to look something up on his computer right now to, no, to, I'm, to bump I'm, this trade idea. No, I'm all in on this idea. I think it's I, I like it. It's fun. Okay. And the Colts would have a first-round pick, too, because the the conditional pick. Wasn't there trade with the Eagles a conditional? Well, it becomes a first-round. I can't round, remember. Yeah, yeah. It becomes, it's a second-round pick that becomes a first if Wentz plays like 70% of the snaps, 75% of the snaps. So um, in your hogothetical, he wouldn't reach that. Right. Which is, I mean, but that that's a problem regardless. If he's not going to get to that that number, they're going to be stuck with a second-round pick. Are the Colts really like a Super Bowl contender? Not if they don't have a good quarterback. And that was... Well, that's true for any team. But, like, are, are they... I feel like a lot of people are overly high on them. I don't know. I think you just... I think you just don't like J.J. Stankovitz or something. I don't know. There's, like, some... <laughs> Our friend JJ is now with the Colts. And you should be following him on Twitter, by the way. And uh he's our Col- he's our Colts guy now. At some point, maybe we just need to check in with JJ. He's got the inside, right? He's the uh, the inside guy there. I'm sure they'll let him say everything. Yeah. We could get it out of him. Yeah. Maybe get All him right. in trouble. All right. Well, that's my hot take for the day. You trade Dalton, not Foles. <laughs> Give, give us Justin Fields in week one to cover in L.A., right? Now, that would be a story. That would be a story. A little far-fetched, but I don't know. You telling me if they're really calling about Nick Foles that Andy Dalton's name doesn't at least come up just to check? I find that hard to believe. They're doing their jobs correctly. All right, finally, uh, last thing we need to address. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. I've been waiting for you to get to this since like the podcast started. You thought I was going to lead with it? <laughs> actually, how many podcasts have we, have we actually opened with a rant from Adam Hogue complaining about some random call in the first quarter <laughs> that he didn't yeah. seem to like that was non-consequential in the game? Yeah, I mean, this year it'll involve so, it, yeah, it right. some special teams play involving Ladarius Mack. And I'll be upset about it. Some obscure rule that they just put in. You can't block a certain way on kick coverage. And I'm going to be angry. And I can't take it out on this guy anymore. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. Yeah, Robot Al is gone. Look, we got we to gotta pay full tribute to Al. He spells his name A-L, all capital letters on Twitter. Everyone who tweets. I don't know why. He's, he still thinks that Zach Miller did not catch that ball in New Orleans, even though literally every other human on the earth thinks he, he caught the ball. 
Um, Still one of the worst calls I've ever seen. I, it's it's um, it's it's and even the, the explanation made it worse. And it's under the worst circumstances because Zach Miller never played it down after that. Yes, yes. It, it just horrible. Um, so that's what I'll always remember Al for his uh, and all of his weekly videos where he tried to explain his bad calls. It just it was it was it was this guy. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. I don't know who we're gonna blame now. Um, there was some officiating stuff I need to catch up on because I they're I think they're introducing Hawkeye into replay and there's gonna be it's gonna be streamlined and there's gonna be better communication at least that's the word I don't know why it took this long for the National Football League of all leagues who it seems like have all the resources to run replay better than anybody does it. But somehow tennis and soccer with their VAR gets it better. I don't know. But maybe the NFL is actually making strides here. I want Hogue to be the director of officiating. I would do it. You still got to work on his special teams first, Kevin. It's true. You got to learn those special teams rules. Yes. I know. Then he can become the, the czar of officiating that he so wants to be. Let's what, see how what your kind special of re- teams performs this what year. What kind of requirement do you need to officiate to, know, to be a special teams coordinator? What, what, how does that connect? You got to know which guys are eligible for the uh, field goal. Well, I know that the ends and the wings. Trust me, I got that one in there. What happens when the, when the snap breaks down? You better have that in there at the high school level. Fire! All right. Uh, good stuff today. After a few days of uh, not having a podcast, I know you guys were itching for it, so we're here, and hopefully you got a lot out of it. Any final thoughts, boys? No, it was good to see live contact. Two more days. Another podcast about it next Tuesday, I believe. Yeah. Then we'll break down what we saw against the Dolphins. Yeah. Then we got Dolphins in town. Um, I believe my, uh, my Northwestern Minute will return probably in a couple weeks. Do you have any thoughts on the opening practice yesterday? No. Okay. Then you have forfeited your 15 seconds. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, at Kay Fishbane. You can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. Those guys on The Athletic, TheAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to subscribe. You should be subscribed if for some reason you are not. Do it now before the season starts and get all of that great content that you uh, you should be getting. And let's see. We've got new shirts up at obviousshirts.com. The bear logo shirt is up there. The walking bear, as they call it. It's a good shirt. Check it out, obviousshirts.com. Got more coming up, too, as the season gets closer and closer. And check out our YouTube, youtube.com. You've heard of it. Just find the Hogan Johns. So hit subscribe hit the notifications you'll find out when we go live because we will do some live shows and um yeah people are loving the youtube so so get on there and if you missed it if even if you just heard the podcast of our ryan pace interview i encourage you to check out the video so it's on there as well on youtube all right we're out of here we'll talk to you probably tuesday and uh two more podcasts coming your way as training camp rolls on see ya hello everyone this is al riveron